Major controversy with our church TikTok account. We'll get into it, so stay tuned. Welcome to Ask Everyone, where we answer your questions about the Bible, life, faith, and anything else you got. Just go to our website, cornerstonebv.org, and leave your question. Yes, I have a hole in my shirt. I sat by a fire. I'm not smoking cigarettes. Don't accuse me of that. Hey, first week, uh, first this week, I want to explain what went down on our TikTok page. A couple years ago, when TikTok was just exploding on the scene, I checked it out because my kids were into it. And I made an account for our church, uh, and it was so early that we were the first Cornerstone Church, at least that, you know, we didn't even have to put BV or numbers or symbols or anything like that because, you know, there's a ton of Cornerstone churches out there. Uh, so I was pretty proud of that. Well, Unfortunately, because of that, we sometimes get tagged accidentally because people are referring to a Cornerstone Church and just assume there's one, even though there's thousands. Um, and this happened this week and it was not good. An unknown TikTok user reposted a video from someone who was saying they are a victim uh, of a bad sexual abuse situation um, from a head elder at the Cornerstone Church in New York. And this guy, the repost, not the woman, but this guy uh, tagged us in that. And we didn't even realize this happened, but we started getting some very negative comments on some older videos. Uh, not the normal negative comments, like, you guys are a cult, we get that a lot, um, but accusations of sexual misconduct, and it obviously disturbed me when I started reading those. Um, this is not something we want to be said about anything associated with our church. Um, so I and our office manager, Juliet, answered some of those comments with, hey, this isn't us. But the comments started getting very threatening. We even had to disable our comments temporarily. Um, and I pinned a new video explaining the situation so people would hopefully hear that this isn't us and we're not affiliated. So what have I learned from this? Well, a few things. First, it reminds me that people truly have no idea how churches work. Even after saying it isn't our church, many people said, well, you're affiliated with them. They don't understand that we certainly are not. Listen, I have no idea what's gone on at that church. We don't know them, we are not associated with them, even in the least. Second thing uh, I learned is I was reminded of how much um, people want to hate churches. It's true that a few people uh, definitely backed off when we pointed out the mistake, but most doubled down. And they said things, well, this is the same religion, you probably have it at your church, things like that. And my response was that if I knew a lady named Ashley who was a terrible person and assumed you're a bad person because you happen to have the same name, would that be logical? Of course not. But so many people just want to hate us. Jesus promised this, this would happen, so, uh, well, shouldn't be surprised. Another thing I learned was how hard it is for people to just simply admit they're wrong. When we're challenged, I'll include myself and probably you as well. Um, I'm sorry, when we challenged the man who tagged us, I should say, he at first was unwilling to untag us and never really admitted wrongdoing. A simple oops, sorry, and untagging us would have been fine. Um, a few people who commented just wouldn't let it go. They irrationally still wanted to associate us with the situation, even though it was not logical to do so. That's just kind of crazy, but I think we all can struggle with this sometimes. When you mess up and make a mistake, it is so much better to simply just say, oops, I'm wrong. Don't try to find a new way to win the argument just because you wanna be stubborn, because you clearly lost it, right? Another thing is I was also reminded how damaging social media can be. Imagine how often someone makes claims against like a young person um, who's not mature and everyone piles on and bullies and how they feel. We have to be very careful about making public statements about people. It's really hard to undo damage like that. So 
I know some of you would say, don't use social media as a church, but we've also seen great fruit from it. We've seen thousands view our videos that we never would have reached before. Last thing I learned about this whole situation is it caused me to really think about my tone when making videos. Uh, there, were, there was a woman who says she's a Christian who commented on my explanation video and said I would, that I should think about redoing it because it comes across as harsh. So what I did was I looked at it again through that lens. Ultimately, I decided to keep the video. As a pastor, I feel a great obligation to defend the people in our church. Um, you're our, they're part of my family, uh, especially in something like this. I know so many who give so much of their time, energy, and money to help people and to love the vulnerable. And so when our church is carelessly lumped into such evil, I'm going to go to bat for our people. They don't deserve it. But still, the tone is important, and it was important for me to kind of take a step back and, and, and accept that feedback and have a, a, a willingness to change if, if it would be the right thing to do. All right, second question. How long was the Star of Bethlehem visible? How long did the Magi follow it for? Is there any other astrological documentation for the star during that time frame? Inquiring minds want to know. Okay, well, the Magi came from the east, so probably Persia or what we call modern day Iran. They would have been familiar with some Old Testament prophecy, probably from the prophet Daniel, because he lived around there in that area and, and during the Babylonian exile. Nothing in the Bible says anyone else saw it, which is interesting. So we really don't know. What we do know is that the Magi told Herod when they first saw it, and Herod killed male children up to two years old. So it is a good chance that they saw it on the day of his birth, of Christ's birth, and had been following it for quite some time. So, what was this star? Well, the word translated star is used many times in the Bible and it usually refers to a celestial body. It did not act much like a star or some other natural cause like a comet or a planetary alignment. There's no other record of this light outside of the biblical account. It literally led them right to the house where Jesus was. Most likely, given the star's behavior and importance, um, that this was actually a display of God's glory. A bright light of God's glory always displays a special presence of God himself. And lastly, another Magi question to finish us off. For Christians, what is the importance of the three kings visiting the baby Jesus? Conversely, for non-Christians, what is the importance of the three kings visit? All right, so first of all, I preached this in a sermon, but anyway, they were not kings. As I mentioned in my sermon yesterday, uh, or last week I should say, the idea that they were kings comes from the prophecy in Isaiah that says foreign kings will come to pay tribute. This will happen in the future and, when the and what the Magi did, they fulfilled a prophecy that people from other nations will come to the Messiah. They were not identified at all as kings, so probably not. Secondly, they were most likely more than three. They probably came in a whole company from the east. As travel around them can be very dangerous for small groups. The number three that have kind of legendary popped up mostly comes from the fact we think that, well, they brought three gifts. Their significance for both Christians and non-Christians is who the Magi represent. No longer is God's people relegated to Israel alone. Now, and now anyone can come. The only thing keeping you from being blessed by the grace of Jesus is you. No longer are we kept out for any reason except for unbelief. Well, I want to thank you for the questions this week. Hopefully we'll see you in church. It's getting close to Christmas, so we want to invite you to either 5 o'clock on Saturday or 9 or 11 on Sunday. Remember, we need your questions for future episodes. Cornerstonebv.org and 
Get them to us. All right. God bless. See you soon.